This is Pastor Hamilton. Did y'all get a bulletin? Yeah. yeah. Okay, it tells you a little bit about him. This is his website <laughs> here in the background. Uh, somehow or another, our link got broken, but it will be on our website by the end of today. And uh, we want to pray for him. Amen? Yeah. Um, y'all want to pray for him? Yeah. Look, I'm proud to have him as my friend. You know why? The brother always, you know, my first question when I talk to y'all is usually, what are you reading? I don't have to ask that. I don't, when, when he gets on the phone, he's, he's telling me about Jesus. Isn't that good? Yeah. We all need friends like this. Yeah. He's doing a hard work, and, and uh, the anointing of God is on you. Are y'all ready to hear from him today? Yeah. All right, well, stretch out your hands for him. Mighty God, Lord, we thank you for this man of God. Lord, we ask that as he opens his mouth, you would fill it with your word. Lord, we pray that your Ruach HaKodesh would guide every word. Holy One, let your word be planted in our hearts. We are not interested in what the world says. We're not interested even in our own thoughts, Lord. We struggle to take captive our thoughts and make them obedient to your word. Lord, let this man of God instruct us this day and how we can affect your world for change. Amen. Don't do it, brother. You uh, have fun with it. And we minister afterward. We can do anything you want to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Oh God, we glorify your name right now, Lord Jesus. For you are excellent in this place, Lord God. <coughs> Father, let us never forget, oh God, what you have done for us. We humble ourselves before you, Lord Jesus. Where else can we find the grace, oh God, that comes from you, Lord Jesus? Many of us, oh God, have made our beds in hell, oh God, and you were right there. Hallelujah. And no matter how high we go, oh God, you were there because you promised to never leave us, nor to forsake us, oh God. So, Father, we thank you, oh God, as we raise up a people, oh God, that shall remove the stumbling blocks, oh God, out of the way of your people, oh God. So, Father, we thank you right now, Lord God, and we honor you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Thank God. Amen. Right, can we give God a hand clap of praise? First of all, I am so, man, I am, this is, it's been a long time coming. Every time me and Pastor Eric talks, he always asks me, man, whenever you can, why don't you come over and come share with us, man? And I love the atmosphere, and, and, and when I get a chance to talk with uh, Pastor Eric, I want you all to know that as he began to tell me the level of affliction that he went through even at the beginning, because of the weight of glory that the Lord is sitting upon his people, I remember just yesterday, man, it's amazing, my, my wife has to minister in our ministry for the first time today on a Sunday, you know. <laughs> And she was like, babe, I've been studying all night. I don't know what I'm going to say. I said, babe, welcome to the party. <laughs> we don't understand how, oh my God. It's nothing short of amazing. The Lord says that at the moment that you open your mouth, he said, I will feel it. I would feel it. And I want to just, before every one of you, I want to honor the man of God that you all have in your midst. That he has been able to. The Bible says, I think it's in 
1 Thessalonians, he says that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom. Amen. Be counted worthy of the kingdom. Amen. This means that we're supposed to be able to go through <laughs> levels of tests, trials, and difficulties. Not just merely surviving, but with joy. Oh my God. That we can literally be excited about what the Lord is doing. And I'm just excited, you all, that on today I have uh, Minister Jerome Mays is actually working with me down in New Orleans, y'all. We've been going to the city of New Orleans every Saturday since January the 8th, y'all. And I'm talking about with just a few people. <laughs> we don't have a lot of people in our ministry, y'all. But God's power is being demonstrated. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. <laughs> Oh, my God. If God says you're in my classroom, <laughs> there is no understanding how many people or how many pupils will be there with you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. Sometimes you feel like you're yes. all alone. Right. But the impact is all the more greater. And I just I want to thank God for this man of God because I want y'all to encourage him as well because he's being pruned. He's being tested. Guess what, y'all? God says in John, in 1 John, he says that there are some who were once with us, but they're no longer with us. He says because it had to be made manifest that those who were sometimes with us were never of us. That's why he says in Romans, not all those who are called Israel are truly Israel. It's only those who are walking according to the seed of faith, according to the promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God is raising up a people, y'all, that the demonstration and the power of God will be restored upon his kingdom, upon his people. I'm talking about demonstrations of signs and wonders. But the Lord is looking for a people whose heart has been fixed Hallelujah. Josiah, stand up for a second. I am so glad that I have a son that he's able to have a desire to be with his father, to receive the word of God and to get a demonstration of his own future. Hallelujah. Not necessarily at a pulpit. Hallelujah. Most people think when the word says that you should be ready in season and out of season, why do we think that's just for preachers? <laughs> why we think that means that you think that you're going to be called to the pulpit and you got to have three points and a poem? And if you're really deep into it, you're going to have a hoop. You know, they say they put gravy on it. <laughs> but that was for the believer. That you should be able to earnestly contend for the faith. It's like a linebacker, it's like an offensive tackle being positioned, knowing that there is no such thing as getting into this game, believing that I'm not going to make contact. That's right. That's right. No such thing. That's right. Boxers, they already know that I, I, I would love to say that I get a knockout in the first 30 seconds, right. but there has got to be a counter so that, you know, that's why they tell some people that you have a glass chin. It means that you have legs, your legs stand under you. You can take a lick, but then you can counter punch. Everyone in here right now, you all have been hit. But because of the grace of God, Man. 
because of the mercy and because of his favor, he has delivered us. I want you to know, man, that everybody has giants to face. Everybody. Everybody. And it's only by the grace and mercy that we have to accept the fact, hallelujah, to just accept it, baby, that God truly, yeah, I'm talking, what's your name? Natalie, Natalie, you have to just accept the fact that you're not like everybody. Amen. You have to accept the fact. Let me tell you something. Listen, Natalie, when you begin to tell people who you are, you cannot be wimpy and afraid of their reaction. You have to almost talk as if you expect them to have that reaction. And what's got to happen is we have to know that God is for us. Amen. You have to know that. You have, you have to know this, that God is for us. Is anybody convinced that God is for you? Come on now. I mean, I mean, I know... I, I feel like Amos. Amos said, don't get it twisted because the Bible says that there was the, the king said, we don't want to hear from you. Go to Judah and prophesy. Your words are too hard here. Amos said, wait a minute. I didn't come from a spiritual background. Amos said, I was never a prophet, nor was I the son of a prophet. He said, I was a sheep breeder. In other words, like, how can you bring that to 21st century? That's like saying, all I did was breed pit bulls. <laughs> he says, and I was a fruit picker. Yeah. And the Lord said, go prophesy. Let me tell you something. God says that anyone who hears these words of mine, he says, I will liken you unto a wise man. Listen to what he says. He didn't say that the winds and the rain beat up on him. It beat on what he built. Ooh, boy. That means everything that is built, everything that is produced, as long as it is on the solid foundation, it's going to stand. It's going to stand. So let me tell you something. Don't worry about numbers. Hallelujah. Just know that the Lord is with you. The word came by the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel. And the Bible says he's a governor. Isn't that amazing? What's going to happen when we begin to make such an impact in this world that the governors have to come to us? That's what happened with Nehemiah. Nehemiah told the politicians... Give the people back their lands. And if you don't, he took his clothing. Hallelujah. And he said, this is what's going to happen to you. That everything that's in your pockets is going to be emptied out. And the Bible says immediately the people begin to receive everything. Oh boy. Y'all don't think that just because your bill's getting paid that you've been restored already. Isn't that amazing? We are God's people are such, we're so humble. But Lord, as long as we, we're making it. 
as long as it's okay. The Lord says, I want to restore unto you the years. Hallelujah. That, and look what he says. I know who your enemies are. He said, I know it's the canker worm, the palmer worm. He says, I know exactly where it is. But then look what he also says. He also says, despise not the thief when he is stolen. Because there is a day that he has to be caught. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Anybody ready to catch a thief? <laughs> the Bible says, if the good man of the house would have known what hour the thief was coming, he wouldn't have went to sleep that night. He would have stayed up and waited. Hallelujah. Y'all, let's go to the word of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Open up your Bibles. Go to uh, 2 Thessalonians. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are glorious in this place. Hallelujah. 2 Thessalonians. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. I was telling our members Wednesday at Bible study, I was talking about how I can remember. Boy, when you start getting into the river like you all were singing about, isn't it amazing the path where the current takes us? The adventures that we go through. <laughs> And I was telling them when I had first bought my house out in New Orleans East. I was telling everybody about how when I went to this place where I heard there was a guy who had to move up north and he had all this really nice furniture. And I had nothing. But I had a little bit of money. I think I may have had like about $160 or something like that. And I said, man, I need a table to sit at. I need some chairs. But when I went into the house, I said, man, I saw this leather furniture. I saw it. And I'm like, man, I wish I could have that, that, that. And I remember that as I was walking through the house, I told them, you know, what I wanted, what I felt like I could afford. And um, he told me he wouldn't take a check, so I had to go get cash from an ATM or whatever. And I remember when we got to my house and he helped me move it into my house. I began to stand on the front lawn and I began to share the gospel with him. I just began to minister to him, just whomever. Just, Jesus says, take the, the lampshade off. Let the light fall on whomever, whoever comes across my path. And as I began to share the gospel with him, before I realized that he was going in his pocket, I'm like, what is he doing? He was giving me back my money that he picked up in my house when we were when he was moving into y'all listen to this. He had picked up on some of my money. Oh wow. Because evidently while I'm running around moving, doing different things, he's looking for more than just a place to put furniture. He picked up on my money. And I'm standing out there, but I'm just sharing the gospel. And before I realize it, the guy goes in his pocket and said, I picked this up in your house and the anointing and the conviction of God. And guess what? When he gave it to me, before I even realized what happened, I just took it, but I never even broke the sentence. I just kept ministering. <laughs> all of a sudden, y'all listen, I'm trying to give you all, because y'all, the Bible says that it's got to be demonstration. Come on, yes. man. 
He told me, he said, man, well, I got a lot of people that's going to, I kept telling him, I said, man, that sure is some nice stuff, you know, but I'm not going to steal it from you. <laughs> some nice stuff you got, and all of a sudden, he said, well, man, I tell you, I got so many people lined up to get some things or whatever, and he says, but I may have something that I can give you again if, if someone doesn't purchase everything that I have. I may have something left over, maybe an end table, something. I said, okay. When he left, the Lord told me, don't leave. I said, don't leave. I said, Lord, I want to do something. I want to go to the movies. I want to do something. And I remember the sun was going down, and I was like, Lord, are you sure? And it got dark, y'all, and I still remember I came out to my lawn. And all of a sudden, I looked to the left, and all I saw was a silhouette of some stuff that was piled in this big truck coming down the street. Everything that I looked at. Wow. It came into my house. Wow. Wow. Let me tell y'all something. There's some people who are in your lives that are there until a standard has been met. This is a serious time where there's going to be some significant shifting that takes place. There's some people who are literally waiting for you to show up. There are hindrances. There's, we as a people, y'all, even if you don't even believe in God, we are prone to make progress. Everybody say progress. progress. That means that even if I don't believe in God, if I choose to work overtime, it's because I'm trying to make more what? Progress. Trying to make more money. <laughs> I want to see, I want to be able to, to give some extra effort, but then I expect to see something coming back in return. So that means that, and, and, and this is not stereotypical, y'all, please, I'm just trying to make a point, but it's almost like how sometimes some men, none of the men in here, but some husbands would say that there's some wives who would just drive the car and never even worry about oil, never worry about changing anything. Nobody in here, though. But if all of a sudden the car starts getting sluggish, the husband would get in and say, did you not notice that something was restraining you? <laughs> Man. And there's some things that must be taken out of the way. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Hallelujah. If there's not anything that can bring about frustration and aggravation, it's when you are assigned to help someone that feels like they don't even need your help. When you're trying to tell someone something and they say, I already know. You ever have somebody like that? They already know. They already know. You, but, but if you were, I already know. That's why I love Habakkuk when he says, I will set up on the rampart and I will, I will wait to see what he will speak to me and how I will respond once I am corrected. As if I know that my scope is not the full perspective. Every time we come together, the first thing, everybody just put your hand on your chest for a moment, please. Hallelujah. And say, I don't know it all. I only know what he reveals to me. Hallelujah. 
Watch this, y'all. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. If you would, look at verse number 5. He's basically talking about the manifestation of the Antichrist. He's talking about the chief ruling elder, if you would, who is over all disobedience. Everything that has been put in the way, everything that will stop you, he said, you know what? Rather than thinking it's an argument between a husband and a wife, rather than thinking that your money just fall into a bag with holes in it, let's just find who is the author of all of this. Okay, everybody with me? Yes. Go to verse number five. <clears throat> Can someone read verse five? Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? Oh, boy, look, look at Paul. Paul says, hold up. This is one of those times that I'm going to tell you something that I have already told you. Okay? He's already explained some things. But now, look what he says in verse number six. What's the next verse? And now you know what is holding him back so Ooh. that he may be revealed at the proper time. Y'all see that? Mm -hmm. For now you know what is restraining you. See, this is the purpose why the Lord gives us his word. That we may go through our lives. The more mature we get, the more we begin to say, okay, I, I got this down, but, but now I need this. And, and, and now God has to entrust someone to be faithful enough to share something that's holding you back. Y'all, sometimes it's hard when someone is telling you that you still have a problem with your attitude. <laughs> sometimes we want to just accept the fact that we're just great. Just bubbly, you know. But there are things that has to be addressed Amen. because what you don't realize is that it is restraining you. He says, but once you first, the first thing you have to do is understand what it is that is restraining you. You know, don't get upset. You know, it's almost like, why get upset if you realize that you have a flat tire in your, in your driveway? Yeah, that may be discouraging, but how much more discouraging would it have been if you would have caught the flat while you were on the journey? Anybody thank God that you found out you had a low tire while before you moved? <laughs> you know, the Lord says, because I need you to know what is restraining you. He says, but I want you to know that that which is restraining you shall be revealed in the proper time. It has to be a time that you're ready, time that you're prepared. That's why he told Abraham, in the fullness of time, Sarah shall have a son. The fullness of time. The fullness of time. Watch this. Verse number seven. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way. Oh boy. Whatever is restraining you, Judah, you got to know that its assignment is to continue to do the same thing until it's taken out of the way. Hallelujah. Certain things must be taken out of the way. It could be fear, sir. As long as that fear is taken out, because you know what? Fear comes to prohibit you from being able to prove God. If he said, I am with you, 
If he said I would never leave you nor forsake you, that means there is a grand old opportunity to prove whether or not he's telling the truth or not. So that means that we have to be prepared. He says, I love, anybody else's Bible reader has a different translation other than the one that Pastor Eric read? Well, what does yours say, verse number, uh, what's that verse he just read? Seven. Yes, sir. For already the separating from Torah is at work secretly, but it will be secretly only until he who is restraining is out of the way. Oh, boy. Now watch this. The Amplified Bible, when it says the mystery of law, how many people's Bibles say mystery of lawlessness? Only two people? Everybody else's Bible says something different? Mm -hmm. Secret power of lawlessness. But everybody, who, how many people's Bible say lawlessness? Okay. The Amplified Bible says hidden seed of rebellion. So that means that the thing that is restraining me is really an operation because of some secret rebellion. That keeps the door open. I'm trying to close it, but rebellion, stubborn will is putting its foot in that door so that it can't move, so that it can't close. I'm, I'm feeling a piece of, and then as some of us, because the Lord has chosen you in such a way, we think that the minute we adjust X, Y, Z, that all of a sudden the breakthrough comes, and then there's other things. Y'all know what I mean. It's like you, you want to adjust things that's so obvious. <laughs> And then thinks that the breakthrough is going to come when you deal with the obvious. And the Lord says, you're missing it. It comes from obedience. Oh, obedience. Hallelujah. That was Wednesday's message. Come on. It comes from obedience. Let me show y'all a little bit more. Let's go to Judges real quick. Turn to Judges. God is trying to get us, y'all, I, I, in, in our church, I had uh, set up some lines. And uh, I met a woman on a plane, y'all, I had been speaking and ministering about prophecy for some time. And I wound up meeting a woman on a plane, and it was an older woman, an older guy. And I'm sitting on the plane, and I'm always praying, like, Lord, help me, you know, to be able to share the gospel with someone. Y'all, go to Judges chapter 5. And, and as I'm sitting on the plane, y'all, this older couple comes and said, we'll have that seat right there. And I was like, oh, man, I was thinking it was going to be someone that I looked like I could relate to. <laughs> Come on now, you can't tell the truth. Sometimes in your flesh you think different things. You know, and, and, and who I would have wanted to share the gospel with, I don't know what I was looking for, but it almost seems like it just wasn't going to be you. <laughs> but because of my, yeah, come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? So, so, so what happens is, as I'm sitting there, eventually I was, I felt like the Lord was like, so are you gonna do what you promised? So I turned to him. I said, so how y'all doing? I just begin to just ask him, you know, just a little small talk, and then I said, how's your relationship with the Lord? Not realizing that they were husband and wife pastors. Oh. That's not it. And they were not traditional either. I had been in the middle of teaching about prophecy. That's what I'm saying, y'all. There's got to be a demonstration. I had been ministering about prophecy. And all of a sudden, the gentleman's wife looks at me and begins to prophesy to me. Not only did she begin to prophesy, 
We was making our descent coming down to land. By the time people started getting off the plane, she had never stopped prophesying. The people behind me started getting their things, leaving out, and I'm grabbing my stuff, but I can't move, and tears is just flowing down my face. And this woman is just going, and this is something else about you, man of God. And she's just, I mean, and, and, I'm, and the thing is, I've been ministering and looking for opportunities to prophesy, not realizing that sometimes the Lord says it's your turn. Amen. And he will put you in a position where you have to receive this time. Amen. Because sometimes when we constantly give, and anybody here feel like you're giving a whole lot, you're just constantly giving, and then you're wondering, how is my, how is it going to be restored back unto me? The Lord says it's not even for you to worry about. All I want you to do is be obedient. And then when she prophesied, she's actually came back out here again. She's actually visited the Bible study in New Orleans with us. She actually said that she felt like her assignment was to help me and my wife. And I was like, oh, my God. And my wife was like, at first she was like, you don't know that lady. How she just let her come out of the house? I said, I said, baby. You're going to have to trust me on this. I say, you were not on the plane. This woman could not have said some of the things she said had it not been the Lord. Y'all watch this. Let me show you something real quick. Hallelujah. Judges chapter 5. Hallelujah. The Lord wants us to be bold. Hallelujah. Look at verse number 31. Hallelujah. So, what's verse 31? Read it loud, man. So let all thine enemies perish, O Lord. But let, but let them that love him be as the sun when he goes forth in his, in his might. And the land had rest 40 years. Hallelujah. Anybody's Bible reader, what's a different translation? What's somebody else's Bible read? What does yours say, man? Praise the Lord. Man of God, what does your Bible say? May all your enemies perish like this, Adonai, but may those who love him be like the sun going forth in its glory, then the land had rest before you. Let me tell you something. The word says, the reason why he says, let those who love Adonai, who love the Lord, let them be like the sun. Not only when the sun, you know, because we see the sun when it's setting. <laughs> we see it when it's rising. He says, but just in case you're confused, he says, I'm talking about when it's at its full strength. I don't want to be the type of Christian or believer that someone can sleep through me. <laughs> you know, it's almost like when I get up early in the morning, I don't want to wake my wife. I may turn on the bathroom light and... You know, and he closed the door just a little bit, and it lights up a little bit. And sometimes people are not seeing the change because your light is too dim. Come on, man. I want to be, so many times, y'all, when, when I read that scripture, it's like I just went out to the sun when it's at full strength, and I just closed my eyes and just looked right at it. And the light is so bright to where it causes you to see like the little veins or the, the redness on your eyelids. To where the light can be so bright that even your eyes closed is not going to keep you from the glory. Oh, 
Hallelujah. And that's why he says, I believe, is it in Hebrews? Where is it where he talks about there's different levels of glory? The sun has one level of glory. The moon is another glory. Hallelujah. And we have to understand what it is the Lord is expecting from us. And this is why, y'all, this is such a powerful thing, brother man. He says, the apostle Paul says, we are unlike Moses, that with unveiled face, hallelujah, that we have boldness of speech. Oh boy, this is why. This is something even extra where the word says that after Jesus had finished his course, that the veil was rent. Hallelujah. That the fullness of the glory of God can be made manifest. Now let me show you one more thing and then we're just going to see where the Lord takes us. Watch this. Go to Judges chapter 6. He just got through saying, let all of your enemies perish, O Lord. But let those who love him be like the sun when it's shining in full strength. This is why God instructed Moses to tell the congregation, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord calls his face and his countenance to shine upon all of you. Amen. That the glory will be seen upon all of you. Bible says when Moses came down, the people started running from him. And the word says because he did not know. He didn't know. You could be spending time with God and don't even know it. He was spending time with God. And the word says that the radiance of his glory filled his body and in his face to where the Bible says he didn't realize the people were running because his face shone. He was shining. But because of his love for the people. Oh no, it's still me. It's still me. The Lord loves you. Don't run. So many of us, we're so afraid of being rejected, y'all. So we put on a veil. My dad used to tell me, you know I don't listen to worldly music. None of these things. He says, but because you're young, because you're not gay, <laughs> you better be with these girls but when you get married it has to stop what was that y'all it was a veil afraid of whether or not his son could handle the glory oh my god so that's why when I saw you bring the children over here under the Toledo I'm like oh my god we've got to teach our children the bible says that the kingdoms of this world Hallelujah shall become the kingdoms of our God in this Christ. We've got to be ready and we've got to be prepared. Now let me just show you that I'm not making any of this up. Look what he says. The word says, we're talking about Gideon, y'all, which is someone that we all can reflect on. Gideon felt like he was inadequate, weak, like he didn't have too much going for him. The Bible says that God allowed a prophet to come up to speak to Gideon to confirm and to let him know what God had said concerning his future. So Gideon now is saying, okay, if this is what you really want to do, 
what happened to all the miracles we ever heard about? What happened to the signs and the wonders? Isn't our God the same one that calls the Red Sea to part? Where is the miracles? And you know what? At some point, y'all, and this is something that we have to recuperate from. Because, because of so many things that religion and tradition has done, it has literally separated us from the significance of our offerings. Oh boy. So now this is a principle that the Lord has instructed. And, and, and Gideon says, Lord, what else do you have to say? It's like he spoke a little bit and he didn't say anything else. And Gideon is like, what else, Lord? Is this too much for me to do? How can I do this? And guess what the word said? Gideon said, wait a minute. I remember something about him. He ran and prepared an offering. Gave it unto the Lord and said, now, Lord, what else is it? And the word says that the Lord stood there and waited for him. And guess what? Here it is. Gideon is finding out that now, just like Pastor Eric said, that, that the enemy is out there. Gideon is so focused on the enemy. And when the Lord speaks to him, he says, before you deal with them, I need you to first put some things in proper order in your home. First thing, look what happens, y'all. Gideon now is instructed to go. Y'all, let's just read it together. Watch this. Look at Judges 6 and verse number 22. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 22. Who can read verse 22? Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Yeah. When Gideon, yeah, when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Oh, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Okay, now what was so extravagant about him saying, I have now seen the Lord face to face? Anybody else's Bible? Brother Mike, what's your Bible saying that verse? Yeah, just read it again. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Ah, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. He says, wait a minute. I know that there was some type of shift. I know you were telling me that I'm a man of God and that there's certain things I got to do, but now I'm looking at you face to face. Yeah. What was the purpose of this? Because the Bible says back in Exodus that if a man sees God face to face, he was going to die. So it's almost like he said, wait a minute, is this transition about to just shake me out of this? Uh, what's going on? Have, have I been freed from it? Has something taken place outside of the natural that I couldn't see with my eye? I'm looking at you face to face. Look what the Lord says in verse number 23. What's the next verse? Minister Mays, what's that? Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Oh boy, guess what? I just saw you this time because I got an assignment for you. See, sometimes there's special assignments that's going to cause for special provision. If it's something that the Lord does, you better believe that he's going to make sure you don't think it was just your cousin or your aunt. He's going to make sure you know that it was him. He says, read one more time, minister. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Verse 24. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord's peace. So this day it is still 
and Oprah of the of Israelites. Hallelujah. And they're not talking about Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> he says he called the altar at that place, Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my peace. I got, I'm still feeling weak, but the only thing is I realize that I'm chosen. I'm not, there's a time that the Lord will begin to reveal to you that you may be rejected by people, but you're not rejected by him. Not rejected by him. Haggai actually said, I want you to remember that even though you came from Egypt, the spirit of the Lord has not departed from you because he is still here. He says, the Lord is my peace. Now watch this, y'all. Verse 25, minister. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has cut down the wooden image that is beside it. Now everybody knows. <clears throat> when he says the wooden image, hallelujah, whose Bible says something different? Well, what does yours say, man, God? The astral pole. Anybody's Bible gives a little bit more detail. Hallelujah. This is a fertility goddess. This means, y'all, I hope I'm not going too far with this. Do you all know how they would have, I remember when I used to work at FedEx and I used to have to deliver at, um, at air, a little small private airports. And I remember there was something that they used to call the Mile High Club. Okay. And what would happen is there's people who get rich and famous and they say, hey, we'll go up the mile high and have relations. It's like if someone comes into a house and it says, you know, did you christen this room yet? What they're saying is, has intimacy been done in this room? Where does this come from? It comes from Baal worship and the goddess Asherah. There are literally people that believe, and still to this day, they believe that the ground that you expect to produce fruit and crops, that everything that goes through some type of reproduction or seed harvest and planting, they think that it's connected to the same way that children are born. So they literally call themselves sanctifying the grounds by having fun. Well, they went. The first thing that God instructs Gideon to do before you go deal with those enemies out there, there's some things that's been practicing in your home. And this is so prophetic to me because this signifies that there are sons that's going to have to look up. Most of the time we think about fathers helping their sons, but this is a time that reveals that the sons are going to be able to turn around and help their fathers. Y'all, this is so powerful. Because here it is. Gideon is instructed to challenge some things that his father has in the household. And Gideon responds just like many of us. He says, they're going to kill me if I do something like that. They're going to, how can I do this? So look what he says. He says, well, let me go out and do it at night. <laughs> So that nobody will see me. We got to understand, y'all. The Bible says in Genesis 1, I think it's verse 14, I believe, where he says that 
God set the sun and the moon and the stars, and he talks about that it was for signs and seasons, for times. When, he, when we talk about hearing 40 years rest, even after, he said in Judges, to let those who love you be like the sun. Then the word says they had rest 40 years. That four is very significant, 40 years, 40 years of 40 days of rain. This is very, it's because of times and seasons. Here it is. He's instructed to go to his father's house and kill a bull. What's with killing a bull? Notice, he says, kill a bull, and then the other bull that's, how many, what is your Bible say? How many years old is the other bull? Seven, seven years. <laughs> this bull has been raised. He's seven years old. He says, kill this bull, and then this this image, this pole, tear it down. God says, now that you built my altar, now that your heart is being prepared to receive me, gather your idols and burn it before me. Oh boy. Watch this. Verse number 26. Minister, go ahead. And build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement. And take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. Verse 27. So Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. Oh boy. Let me tell y'all something. If God gives you an instruction to do something, just do it. If God tells you to do it, remember, y'all, why did Gideon say, say, alas, Lord God, I'm seeing you face to face? Why did he say that? Because he was thinking that he may die. What happened to Moses when he talked with God and came down from the mountain? He glowed. Oh, my God. So here it is, Gideon just talked to the Lord. So now he's trying to fulfill the assignment at night. All of a sudden, they go out, fulfill his mandate. He tears down the pole. He sacrifices his father's bull on top of this altar. And when everybody wakes up in the morning, Gideon probably looked up like everybody else and said, what happened? <laughs> Who did this thing? Who would do such a thing? What's the, watch this, verse 28, Minister. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, there was an altar of Baal torn down, and the wooden image that was beside it was cut down, and the second bull was being offered on the altar which had been built. Verse 29. So they said to one another, who has done these things? And when they had inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has mm -hmm. done this thing. Hallelujah. Y'all, let me tell you something. This is a season that we have to know that if the Lord is with us, you have to know that the same God that gave you the instruction is the same God that's going to protect you. He's the same God that's going to give you the provision. He's the same God that's going to be the author and the finisher. So now everybody's looking at Gideon, y'all, and this is something that is so awesome, y'all. This is so powerful. What happens next? What's the next verse, minister? Then the man of the city said to Joash, 
Bring out your son that he may die, because he has torn down the altar of Baal. Oh boy. And because he has cut down the wooden image that was beside it. Guess what, y'all? They go not to just anybody in the city. They go to the son's father and say, I command you, go get your son, bring him out here so that we can kill him. Now remember, his father was actually loyal to the image, but his obedience broke the stronghold. Oh my God. See, this is why we got to be obedient first. Sometimes we say, Lord, I'll do it if you first tell me why. Tell me what's the significance, Lord. If you only give me more understanding, and the Lord says, I need you to just do what I instruct you to do. Amen. Watch this. Next verse, minister. But Joash said to all who stood against him, would you plead for Baal? Would you save him? Let the one who would plead for him be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him plead for himself, because his altar has been torn down. Oh boy. Do y'all know, not know that at this moment, and this time, Gideon is standing up like, has the Lord instructed me to do something that's now going to cost my life? Y'all, let me tell you something. Sometimes the Lord will instruct you to do things that it would look like there's going to be dire consequences if you do it. And here it is, Gideon now is in a position where he feels as if his life is in a balance. He definitely feels his life is in a balance because now he had to sneak to do something against his father's will. But what he didn't understand was when he fulfilled the obedience unto God, it broke the stronghold off of Joash, which was Gideon's father. And now the father says, do what to my son? What, what is wrong with this picture if my son is able to be stronger than our God? Right. If my son is straight, he says, let the God who just been offered on his altar, let him fend for himself. Because trust me, y'all, when you choose to take a stand and allow the Lord to minister to your heart, the Bible says just as high as the heavens is away from the earth, so is his ways from our ways. But from and our thoughts, all he truly expects of us, y'all, is to be obedient. Amen. He wants us to be obedient. Hallelujah. Everybody, if you could, just at this moment, just lift up your hands just for a moment. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you right now, Lord God. Father, forgive us right now, Lord God, for all doubt. Forgive us for every time we feared, oh God, and did not know the fullness of what you were doing, oh God, and We've done things at night, oh God. But Father, we ask right now, Lord God, that you would allow us to shine bright like the sun, Lord Jesus, when it's at its full strength. Father, whatever it is you want us to do concerning our families, concerning everything that we are stewards over, Lord God, give us the boldness and the courage to carry out complete obedience. Father, we thank you right now, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. I got one more thing I want to show y'all. Give God a hand clap of praise.
this. Something that sometimes when God causes you to walk in obedience, you don't realize that there's some things that has been restraining you. Things that's prohibiting you from being able to receive and walk through the breakthrough that the Lord has ordered. He promised to bless us, y'all. He promised to bring us to a place that we will be the head and not the tail. I mean, it's more than just a song. This is literally a governmental order that the Lord has established. So now, after he does this, look at the connection, y'all. Look at Judges chapter 6, verse 1. And we close right here. Judges chapter 6, verse number 1. Why are you telling me to destroy this bull that's seven years old? Hallelujah. Why are you telling me? Why, why is the bull seven? Oh, my God. What is verse number one, minister? Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. For the Lord delivered them into the hands of Midian. Look, check this out. Right after, the Bible says they had rest for 40 years. It's a completed season. If God makes a promise unto you, see, this is why what happened even with Solomon. Solomon had gotten lifted up because he didn't realize that this was the manifestation of a promise that was given to his father. And because his heart got lifted up, he was warned, y'all. He was told, if you do not continue in my ways, the Lord says people going to walk by this place and say that's the place where the children of Israel used to dwell. But their hearts were taken away. Guess what, y'all? They were in bondage for seven years. And the Lord gives, the, the, he gives the, the ingredients, he gives the explanation, rather, to why it took seven years. Because at the moment they got this bull, set him aside for idol worship, the bondage came. Seven years. Seven years. And look, in the fullness of time, hallelujah, the Lord says, first of all, I need a prophet. I need someone who's going to be bold enough. Someone who's going to be able to speak the word. It's not about how strong you are because it's not by power nor by might. It's by my spirit. I need someone who's going to be bold enough. I need a Nathan. I need someone that can go to the king who's going to say, it's for God that I live. It's for God that I die. And once you open your mouth, you got to understand the Bible says we have this earthen treasure on the inside of us that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Every one of you in here right now, you have such a power and such a glory of God that's resting on the inside of you. And just as a seed is planted into the ground, that seed does not have any direction which way is up. It's just planted in dirt. But then there is a greater power that calls for it. And then what's on the inside of the seed now opens up and begins to go to the direction of the one that has the authority. This is why the word says that our spirit bears witness with the Holy Spirit that we are indeed children of God. So that means that as we continue to walk this walk, it's going to be so very important to understand, please wash your past. Don't worry about where you came from. Understand that everything that you've been through, 
was a defining moment to prepare you for where you are right now. It does not matter what type of obscurity you came from. Doesn't matter. I myself, y'all was molested at three years old, but guess what? God says it does not matter. God says that the greater the affliction, the greater the glory of God that desires to rest upon you. Come on, y'all. Give God a hand clap. trust God that we can take every idol and put it upon that altar to show who is the supreme authority. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby men must be saved. Hallelujah. He's here for you. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Lord Jesus. As we get a chance to minister in song, there may be someone in here right now, and you're saying, you know what, in my heart, I realize that there's a burning, and I feel just like Amos. When Amos said, I was not even the son of a preacher, I didn't hear all these things, but I can tell the Lord is expecting some things from me, as if there's some things about me that he knows that I may not know about myself. Guess what, y'all? The glory of God. He says that when he rests upon you, you have to receive it. Just receive it. Just understand that he's calling for you. And look, when we begin to tell him, Lord, I can't do this. This is why I love when he says, have I not chose you? This is a way of saying, I know what you got going on already. I know your insufficiencies, but in spite of it all, I've still chosen you. Let the glory be revealed. Let him reveal his glory in your hearts. Is there anybody in here right now when you say, you know what, Pastor, that's me. I, I really feel like I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. Or 